Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 69 of the Hooper's Log. It is Wednesday, February 10th, 2016. Episode 69, the last daily show until the All-Star break. We will be doing a night show tomorrow for episode 70. And then after that, we have a three-day weekend so we can enjoy the All-Star break. Rejuvenate, re-gear, get ready for the second half of the season. It's going to be an intense second half of the year. As you all know in the basketball world, March Madness is right around the corner. Obviously, the stretch run of the NBA playoffs. And then you have the NBA playoffs. Then you have the NBA finals. It's going to be nuts after the All-Star break, obviously. And we have rumor season right now where literally it seems like everyone and their mom is potentially going to be traded here in the world of the basketball world, especially in the NBA. The phone number here, if you'd like to call in, is 323-642-1558 is the number. Again, episode 69 here on the Hooper's Log through CLNS Radio, through Block Talk Radio, in the FanDuel Studios. My name is Simo Buckets, and Andrew Norris is here with me. Andrew, what's up, buddy? What is going on, Christopher? It is insane. It is. I'm telling you, yesterday, as I got off the show, I'm telling you, I got about nine updates on random things. I wouldn't say random, but big-time stu- stories in the NBA. A ton of rumors, man. The Cavs are looking like they're trying to get everybody and everybody. It's crazy. Yeah, they, well, I, I was pretty disappointed. Tyree Kevin's one of my favorite players in the entire NBA. And uh, yeah. when I saw the Cavs were gonna were interested in him, I got really excited. And then I woke up this morning that he's done for the season. Unless it was a dream, I still haven't double checked it to be honest. He's done for the season, getting knee surgery or something along those lines. Yeah, it's uh, he's getting knee surgery to uh, pretty much end his season. It kind of feels like a little bit like what happened with Carmelo Anthony last season, where Melo was having knee problems and he was contemplating surgery, and then the Knicks were bad, so he was like, "Hey, I'll just." I'll just throw in the towel, whatever. And so that's kind of what I feel like uh, Tyreek Evans is doing. He sees that this team is going to be – he sees that this team is not going anywhere this season, so he's just going to kind of wrap it up and and, and get healthy for next year, which is sad that the NBA players do that these days, but that's what happened. Uh, Andrew, are you ready to get it going on the show? Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Speaking of all the injuries and trade rumors and everything that's going on, uh, last night in the NBA was a short one. We'll skim through it real quickly for you. The Spurs get a win over the Heat, 119-108. to 
to 101. The San Antonio Spurs are now 44 and 8. The Heat still hanging in there in the Eastern Conference, not quite there all the way, but they're still hanging in there. But the but again, the Spurs get the victory 119 to 101. Kawhi Leonard 23 points, four assists in the top performer there. Wizards beat the Knicks. I told you the Wizards would get it done last night. They won. John Wall unbelievable performance. 628 points, 17 assists, five rebounds, and 67 on the whiteboard. The performance skill. Carmelo Anthony also joined him in the loss. 33 points, 13 rebounds, two assists, and two steals. A 58 on the whiteboard. The performance skill. He went off in that one. The Bucks. They got an upset in this one. I did not see the Bucks winning this ball game with the way the Celtics have been playing as of late. They got the victory 112 to 111. Not shocking from my perspective from the standpoint of talent, but considering the way the Celtics have been playing, it is kind of a shocker. Greg Monroe, wipe-worthy performance. I think it's his second one of the season. 29 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 blocks, a 55 on the wipe-worthy performance scale. He went off in that one. And then Jazz beat the Mavericks. Here is the highlight of the game winner from Gordon Hayward. They're trying to break Hood free, but they find Hayward. Three seconds to play. Down to two. And a step back, Jay. Yes! Hayward knocks down the winner. Yeah, they got jacked in that one. Again, a big-time win for the Jazz. And I think this win, heading into the All-Star break, will be the determining factor for this team to turn it around. Look, they're now 26-25, and 25, still hovering in that eighth spot in the Western Conference. They had been struggling over the last month and a half, and over the last, I'd say, couple of weeks since Rudy Gobert came back and really has put his stamp on the team. He is finally putting his stamp on this team, and this team is starting to look like they're taking that turn for this second half of the season, and who knows, this team could be the team down the stretch that could break some hearts and get into the postseason with some momentum. Could they do anything in the postseason? I don't think so, but getting in and being competitive, that could be the second half prospering team for them in the second half of the year, and that shot by Gordon Hayward could boost them into a big-time win. They've won seven in a row, apparently the Jazz have. They've been playing unbelievable as of late and have found themselves, picked themselves off off of Kansas campus and found a way to get it done. A- a canvas, campus, canvas. And, uh, and the Rockets and Warriors was game of the night, clearly. Uh, the Rockets made this game really interesting in the third quarter, but as we saw, the Golden State Warriors shut it down in the fourth quarter. They absolutely shut down the Rockets. Steph Curry, 35 points, nine assists, five rebounds, a 58 on the whiteboard performance scale. And James Harden went off, as always, 37 points, five assists, five rebounds, three steals, a 55 on the whiteboard performance scale. Look, James Harden for a moment there, especially in the third quarter, looked like he was going to just carry his team to the victory. But clearly in the fourth quarter, they only put up 17 points and the Warriors outscored them 30 to 17 in the fourth as they were tied heading into the fourth quarter. And James Harden's team just ran out of gas. James Harden can't do it all. But again, the Warriors, the greatest 51 game start in NBA history at 47 and four, which is nuts to say. And they played a night against the Suns. They could be 48-4 and four heading into the All-Star break, the greatest start before the All-Star break in NBA history. Could be up in the air tonight as the Warriors play the Suns. We'll talk about those games here in a little bit. But, Andrew, what did you see from last night? And what are you seeing from, from, uh, what are you seeing from the Spurs and Warriors that keeps, you, that keeps you really buckled in for the, rest of, you know, for the second half of the season coming up? Uh, you know, I the, – the... The Warriors are a team that their starting lineup is great, but I don't know if they're all-time great without the, the way their bench plays. I mean, that, that fourth yeah. quarter, I believe the plus-minus uh, was even 
uh, when the starters came yeah. back in. Or it, it wasn't much. The the first two minutes of fourth quarters really where the Warriors took off. And Sean Livingston, the value he brings to the yes. team, I think he might be a free agent after this year. Absolutely. That's a 10, 10 $15 million player with the salary cap going up. Um, it, it, it's a guy who you really, really got to gotta watch out for. Who, when he, If he leaves, maybe Festus Azili, that's where this team could start seeing troubles down the road as far as the dynasty goes. Because their starting line is fantastic. It's, it's amazing. It's great. You have, you know, obviously you have one of the best in the league right now, probably the second best player, third best player in the league right now in Steph Curry. You got Clay Thompson. You got Draymond Green. You, you got everybody who you need to win a championship. But this absolutely pure dominance could be uh, gone after this year, um, which I think it would be good for the NBA if it was. I think one year of this is good. I think anything more than that uh, kind of can, can cause some trouble. But then you look at the Spurs, and, you know, who knows? Steve Kerr is such a good head coach. They could end up being like the Spurs where these bench guys just come in and whoever they got to replace them with ends up being great. Um, and and I, that's something that keeps me intrigued with these teams is how how good they are as far as bench play goes, how much those bench players improve when they join that particular team. Yeah, it's uh... – it's it's a fascinating circumstance there, and it's crazy because I was watching that game last night, and I was thinking, okay, here comes the moment where the Rockets come back and they finally find a way to knock off this Warrior team like on the road. And like you said, that bench came in at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and they just found a way to dominate. And it was one of those things where I was sitting there, and I was really starting to think about it. And don't confuse me with this and, and me saying this, but – it really reminded me of that 2012-2013 Miami Heat team, especially we're now at that point in time of the year where really the greatness becomes amplified as we get more and more focused on the NBA along with we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs. Obviously, the all-star breaks right around the corner. Uh, fatigue is a factor. That bench is starting to show signs of um, serious greatness because we all knew the, the starting rotation with, with Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and Steph Curry and, and obviously Andrew Bogut with his, with his, his, you know, his ability to keep it, keep it uh, together down low and obviously Harrison Barnes in the starting That starting rotation is really good. That bench, though, coming in, they're starting to make the impact similar to that way that 2012-2013 that Miami Heat team did was in there. When they come in the ballgame, you really got to compensate for the fact that, yeah, they're all older and they're all a little bit past their prime, but they come in with energy, straight-up energy. A guy like Sean Livingston, like you said, a guy who has clearly rejuvenated his career to the level we thought he would be coming out of uh, in the draft about 10 years ago. And obviously we're seeing a guy in Andre Iguodala really come out of nowhere and look like the Andre Iguodala of about five years ago. Maurice Spates can put in about five minutes a game and give you solid contributions off the bench. And Leandro Barbosa, what can you say more about that guy has been the perfect measuring, measuring stick coming off the bench and really gauging how each team, the other team, the other team facing the Golden State Warriors is looking on their second squad. And, and they really do put it to the other team on the bench. That's where I think that this team has a chance to really challenge everybody else in the NBA. Look, we all know starting rotations are great. Look at the, look at the Houston Rockets. Their starting rotation hung with the starting rotation of the Warriors. It's when the second team came in where the Warriors really started to dominate. And we saw that last night, and it was clear evidence in the fourth quarter. Really, Steph Curry played in the fourth quarter, and clearly the starters played in the fourth quarter. 
But that bench, when they started off in that fourth quarter, really is what dictated the pace of this game and really dictated the outcome of the ball game. And that's really where the fascination of this Warrior team starts to come in, for me at least, is to see, can they get 73 wins? And if they can get the 73 wins, and even if they don't, can they really like compete for being one of the greatest teams all time? They're already in that conversation. They're in there. We've been talking about it for the last month. They're there. The thing is, is if that bench keeps playing the way they're playing, it's going to be amazing. And other, thing, and other things in the NBA that happened, obviously other news going on, a lot, a lot of stuff going on when it comes to that. Blake Griffin suspended four games without pay after hitting that employee about a week ago. Uh, he, he's clearly out. Sacramento's deciding to keep their, their head coach and George Carl. I mean, after all the drama and speculation of him being let go over the last week, finally they're deciding to keep him. I don't know why that was ever a question. Uh, the trade rumors for Al Horford and Jeff Teague, the Atlanta Hawks look like they're shopping, even though they're really in the thick of things in the Eastern Conference. They're in the fourth spot, and they're playing great basketball, but they're shopping away guys and thinking about getting rid of some guys. Apparently, Jeff Teague got rid of his photos on his Instagram, every Atlanta Hawk photo on his Instagram he let go of. Interesting stuff there. Um, and also, Jimmy Butler out three to four weeks with his knee injury. Pau Gasol will replace him in the All-Star game. Marc Gasol uh, is also out with a broken foot indefinitely, so the Grizzlies are going to be struggling there. But I wanted to ask you this, Andrew. I know you got to get back to work here shortly. Jimmy Butler being out three to four weeks. Pau Gasol replaced him in the All-Star game. I know you're, you're, you're subject to wanting to see someone else in the All-Star game, but can you explain the impact Jimmy Butler will have on this, on him being out on top of, what is it? What does this do for the team? You know, going into March, really, without Jimmy Butler for the rest of the week. I mean, honestly, it's, this is the perfect timing for him to go out. But how will this impact them coming out of the All Star break for weeks to come? And and could they potentially drop out of a playoff seating as time moves forward? Andrew, you there? There, sorry, I did what I used to do. My phone was muted. Um, no where they're lucky it they're lucky it happened when it did. Um you have the all star break, that takes a week out of that three to four weeks. Um and then, you know, they're they're not in a terrible spot. You still got Palgasol, you still got a shell of Derrick Rose. You still got a lot of pieces that can win you these games. Uh I don't think they'll drop out of a playoff spot. And, and, you know, you often hit for about a week, and let's say they do, about a week of the, well, our number one guy is out, so we all got to step up, you know, that every team does, like if their coach gets fired or if their best player gets injured. So that takes you another week. So now you got about a week without him. A week can be, you know, I, I haven't looked at the schedule. I'm guessing it's probably a three-game week, um, maybe a four-game week. And then, you know, he's back. And you know he's going to be one to come back as soon as he can, as quick as he can. Uh, because that's just the type of player Jimmy Butler is. But if it does, you know, if it is a 10, 15, 20-game span, or if it's a little bit longer than we thought, that's when you're going to start seeing problems and seeing this team start to buckle, because he's the motor, he's the wheels, he's the windshield, he's the steering wheel. That guy is everything for that team, because of the the defense and and the offense. He's one of the best two-way players in the game. And, you know, that team can't survive for a prolonged period without him. But because of the timing of when it happened, I think they'll be okay. Not great, but okay. You know what's fascinating about this circumstance and this situation and the time of the season that we're at for this team? I know you got to go, Andrew, but I want to say this before I let you go. Is the Bulls 27-24. and 24. They've lost three in a row. 
They're a game and a half up on the ninth spot in Charlotte. They're the seventh seed right now, and the Bull and the, and the Pistons are only a game back as the eighth spot. This Bulls team now is in a circumstance where you're gonna either, you're gonna see a multiple multitude of things. You're gonna see the real Derrick Rose after the All Star break. You're gonna see what they have without Jimmy Butler for the next two or three weeks, maybe even four, depending upon what happens or how he comes back. You're gonna see what they look like without their superstar. They've given Jimmy Butler the keys. And whenever t- every time Derrick Rose has the keys to the car, they don't look the same. They are a game and a half out of potentially not making the postseason with about two months to go in the regular season. And half of that time, Jimmy Butler will be gone. This could decide, not this season, because it won't happen, because clearly Golden State and LeBron in uh, Cleveland are playing unbelievable, and, and those are the MVP candidates in the league. But I'm telling you, the Bulls do not make the postseason this year. And all of a sudden, next year, and this is all really looking forward, but if the Bulls don't make the postseason this year, which could happen, Charlotte's been playing well as of late. They've won seven of their last ten. The Bulls have lost three in a row. The Wizards are starting to kind of find something. I don't think the Wizards have a chance, but the Charlotte Hornets are the one to really look out for. If you could see a guy like Jimmy Butler potentially be the next quote-unquote face of the league, not face, of not everything, but when it comes to the shooting guard position, he might be the best shooting, seen as the best shooting guard in the league if this team really takes a tumble. Because if they fall out of a playoff spot this year when everyone thought they'd be a top three seed in the Eastern Conference because Jimmy Butler was out, that's when it changes the perception throughout the media and throughout the entire league that this guy really is a top two, maybe even the best shooting guard in the NBA because of his impact on his team. Look, they got a new coach. They're in a circumstance now where they're struggling and clearly their superstar players out and they got to rely on the older, uh, I wouldn't say old, but, but definitely creaking of, of, of Derek Rose and Pau Gasol is not a young spring chicken anymore. It is coming to a point now where the bulls really are facing a time of whether they need to be sellers or players, because honestly, with all their guys hitting free agency here over the next couple of years, they might look into coming into this trade deadline, depending upon how well they play that week after the All-Star break, and they may be some serious sellers, and they may get rid of some big-time players because they'll recognize that they don't have a chance of winning an NBA title this season. That could be the circumstance coming into after the All-Star break if they don't play well uh, in this, in this you know, week after the All-Star break with Jimmy Butler gone. Uh, Andrew, what's your take on that? And then you can head on out. No, you know, I think just because they're in Chicago, I don't think they can be sellers. I don't think the fan base would allow yeah. it. I don't think ownership would allow it. Um, but, you know, if it's a different team, I do think they're looking into that. I think I think that would be smart a lot like what Atlanta's doing. Um, I think what Atlanta's doing is smart. Listen, there's four teams that have a chance to win a title this year. Cleveland, OKC, yep. the Spurs, and Golden State. That's it. Nobody else yes. has a shot. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, I think these teams are realizing, okay, this is how it's going to be for a couple of years. Golden Cleveland has, until LeBron's gone, sorry, Cleveland's going to be in it. You know, they got a young Kyrie, a young Kevin Love still behind LeBron to make sure that, you know, everything, even when LeBron gets a little bit older, everything still works out. And, and you know, like I said, Chicago's not going to be allowed to do it, but I do think that that, at this point, might be the best option for what they're doing because, you look at it. Derrick Rose isn't getting any better. Okay, we found that out now. Nope. It's, he's not getting better. Uh, Jimmy Butler can still get better, but Pau Gasol is getting up there in age. Um, it, it, it's just 
it's I, I I personally think it's time for it, but again, it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, and and, and I, I agree with you. I think this would be the time where if things don't work out here over the next couple of weeks with Jimmy Butler being hurt. They got to just blow it up, really. They really got to just trade off guys, get young guys back in, and grow with Jimmy Butler once he comes back. A lot like what Indiana did with Paul George. Paul George got hurt. They blew up the team around him. So when he comes back, he has a new face. Look where they're at now. They're contending in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. They're looking good. They're in the middle pack. They're fighting. That's exactly what I think the Bulls need to do, recreate a brand-new identity once Jimmy Butler comes back and have him steer the ship with the new guys in front of him. Andrew, I know you got to get back to work, buddy. Have a great day, man. See you guys. Peace. All right, man. Uh, Andrew Norris should be the host tomorrow on the night show. I don't know exactly. We'll know for sure what's going to happen, but it will be on episode 70 for Thursday the 11th of February, the final regular season day of the NBA, you know, before the NBA goes into the all-star break. That's what will be tomorrow. Uh, And if not, I'll host it, and we'll just talk about what happened here on an ESPN Wednesday. What happened in the world of college basketball last night? Well, there were quite a bit of upsets in the world of college basketball, and here they are for you. Villanova got the victory over DePaul, 86-59 in the Big East. Maryland beat Bowie State 93-62, but Creighton beat Xavier 70-56, to a big Creighton in the Big East. Xavier still 21-3 and playing outstanding. They should stay in the top 10, but that's a big blow to them, and Creighton a big-time victory for them, especially in conference. West Virginia not quite getting it done. Kansas getting it done over West Virginia 75-65 as West Virginia falls back again, now 9-3 and in the Big East, or excuse me, 8-3 uh, in the Big 12. Eight and three in the Big 12 is Kansas, still fighting in the Big 12 Conference, which is still a, a duke it out battle there. Virginia beating Virginia Tech, 67-49. Purdue ekes it out in overtime over Michigan State, a classic in the Big Ten, a big time, big time win there for Purdue as they're now eight and four in the Big Ten. Michigan State 20 and five, Purdue 20 and five, but Michigan State drops to seven and five in conference north carolina eking out a win over boston college 68 65 miami of florida with a tip in at the buzzer 65 63 over pittsburgh getting the victory there dayton squeaks went out against dugnese i don't know how to say their name dayton getting the victory there 76 74 a 10 10 1 10 and 1 in the a 10 for for uh for dayton kentucky dominating georgia 82 to 48 80, 18 and six for Kentucky now. Wichita State beating Drake, seventy four forty eight. Huh, beating Drake. Uh, that's your update for the world of college basketball. There's no ranked games tonight. No combined ranked games tonight. Texas A&M plays Alabama in the SEC, uh, but none of the, uh, Texas A&M's ranked. Not ranked. I mean, Alabama's not ranked. Texas A&M is. Uh, SMU's ranked, but Tulsa's not. Texas Tech. So you got a lot of non-ranked opponents playing each other tonight. Uh, rankings, ranked teams will be playing, but they won't be playing other ranked teams as well. So that's what your college basketball update looks like for today. If you'd like to call in and talk about the NBA or anything basketball, please feel free to do so. 323-642-1558 is the number. If you'd like to call in, please feel free to do so. We'd love to have you in here and love to have you in the Hooper's Log Talking Basketball. Obviously, a big night in the world of basketball tonight and a lot of news going on. As I just mentioned in the world of basketball, a lot of rumors, a lot of crazy storylines. Apparently, back in 2007, Kobe and LeBron were talking about potentially being traded. I think this is all just trade deadline hogwash and also a conversation piece for people to just kind of get on their water cooler about, oh, Kobe could have gone to the Clip- uh, Cavaliers and LeBron could have gone to the Lakers and blah, 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 blah. That would have never happened, people. 
Kobe and LeBron would have never happened. It never would have been a trade conversation that would have never taken place back in 2007. It just, it just would not have been a thing. Um, and I think, uh, and I think tonight obviously is the final time Kobe will be in Cleveland. Uh, big time stuff there for Kobe Bryant. Again, the final time he'll be in Cleveland. That game will be on ESPN. That's the first one of two on ESPN. The second game on ESPN will be Rockets at Trailblazers. That'll be a fun one to watch there. Blazers are favored by five and a half. Take them. The Rockets are probably exhausted after last night playing against Golden State. I would take the Trailblazers in that one. And obviously, Lakers and Cavaliers. Cavaliers are favored by 15 and a half. Take, take the Lakers plus the 15 and a half. They should keep it close. They're not going to win, but they should keep it within at least 10 points last night. Warriors and Suns. Warriors are favored by 17. That's one of the later games on, on Wednesday night. Warriors are favored by 17. Take the Suns plus the 17. They're going to keep it closer than people think. The Warriors played a tough game last night. I think, they'll, I think the Warriors will win. I just don't think they'll win by 20. That's not going to happen. I think the Warriors uh, will, will, will probably only win by about 15, but that covers the spread. And I take the Suns in that one. Pelicans and Jazz. Look, this is a huge game for the Jazz. The Jazz need this victory to head into the All-Star break with some serious momentum like they already did last night after getting the victory. Jazz, I think they'll get the victory. New Orleans is favored by two and a half. Take the Jazz plus the two and a half. They should get the victory in that one. Raptors and Timberwolves. Raptors are favored by six and a half. Take the Raptors in the six and a half. They're going to get the victory there. They're going to go to 36 and 16. The Timberwolves will drop, but that'll be a fun one to watch. There is obviously the big man combo in in Minnesota with Carl Anthony Towns and Gorgie Dang will be fun to watch with the with one of the best backcourts in the NBA and Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. Hawks and Bulls, for all we know, these two teams could change it up after the before the you know before the trade deadline consumes after the All Star break. The Hawks could completely trade out a lot of their players and the Bulls could do the same thing as well. You never know coming up here on the trade deadline here in a couple of weeks. Uh, the Hawks and Bulls will be playing. Hawks are favored by three and a half. Take the Hawks. They're going to get the victory. They're going to win there. The Bulls have really been struggling, and especially since Jimmy Butler's injured, that's going to be a big one to watch there. Uh, Nuggets and Pistons is another one to watch there. I know Andrew will be watching this one. Detroit's favored by six. Take the six. They're going to dominate tonight in that one. Grizzlies, Nets. Grizzlies are obviously Marcus Alls out for a long time. Uh, I think the Nets will pull it out in this one. Memphis is favored by four. Take the plus four in the Nets. I think the Nets will get the victory, if not keep it close in that one. Celtics, Clippers. This might be actually the game of the night to watch, to be 100% honest with you. Clippers and Celtics, both these teams have been hot and on fire as of late. I would take the Celtics minus the one. They're favored by one point. Take the Celtics. They're going to come out and play inspired basketball, and they should get it done in that one. 76ers and Kings. 76ers are underdogs by five points. The Kings are favored by five. Take the Kings. They're going to get the victory there. DeMarcus Cousins should absolutely annihilate Julio Okafor in this one. Spurs and Magic. Spurs are favored by eight. Take the eight. Spurs are going to dominate in this one. They're going to go to 45 and eight before the break. And they're going to head into the break needing the rest that they need, especially to get Tim Duncan healthy. Hornets and Pacers is the last game of the night. Hornets and Pacers, three and a half points there for the Pacers favored. This is a really tough game to pick because the Hornets have been playing outstanding basketball as of late, and the Pacers have also been playing really good and inspired basketball. I would, excuse me, I would take the Hornets personally plus the three and a half. I think the Pacers will win, but I think it's going to be a very down to the wire ball game. And if that's the case, the Hornets will cover the spread, and I take the Hornets in that one plus the three and a half. Um, just a quick update for you guys heading after the all-star break, we will keep tabs on our picks for who we make. So, you know, how I've been talking about spreads and things like that for games in the NBA. I will be keeping tabs on my picks afterwards in the NBA, uh, bef- uh beginning of each show, uh, end of each show. I'll give you my tabs on who I think is going to win and for what reasons and give you the pick. That's what's going to be happening here on the show over, uh, after the all-star break. 
and all that stuff. We'll have our time set up for our schedule. It's going to be a crazy second half of the season. Obviously, after the All-Star break, we should have a night show uh, tomorrow uh, around 6 p.m. Eastern time. Um, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time is when we should uh, have that going. Again, we'll be talking a lot about the NBA trade deadline, uh, which apparently is actually eight days away. So it's actually less than a week away. Apparently, the NBA trade deadline is on February 18th, 3 p.m. Eastern, so really 12 p.m. Pacific will be when the trade deadline is. That will be exactly a week from tomorrow. And so I guess it's not a couple of weeks. I guess it's basically right around the All-Star break. For all we know, that dead period from the 15th on through the 17th, you could see some serious movement in the NBA and some serious trade uh, chances there when it comes to the world of the NBA. So, again, the trade deadline is February 18th. Expect some serious movement to happen after the All-Star break. In between that period of Valentine's Day and the 18th, you could see some serious movement in the NBA. Again, my name is Simo Buckets. Episode 69 is in the books. Only a, only a half an hour show today. Not much to talk about. And i got a lot more going on here again. Episode 70 tomorrow night should be 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific. If not, I will change it and make it a later time and do it uh, on my lunch break on a Thursday. And then we will have no show on Friday. And then we'll come back to you. Episode 71 on February 15, 2016. Episode 70 tomorrow. Episode 69 in the books. ESPN Wednesday. Watch the basketball. It's going to be a fun night of basketball. It's going to be a good time to watch basketball tonight again. Thank you again. My name is Simo Buckets. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll enjoy, I'll come in and jump in with Andrew North as he hosts the night show. If not, I'll host it tomorrow night. Peace, everybody. Have a good one.